following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. It's state tournament time on Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Stay tuned. They'll preview all of the games, get you ready for two weeks of high school basketball in the glass house. Now, with your host, Tyler Palmatier, here's Russell Venosi. Welcome back for another episode of Main Street Preps this week. I'm Russell Venosi, joined by my co-host, Tyler Palmatier. And as we record this on Tuesday morning... Um, it's a little sentimental, Tyler. Last night, I believe, was the last time that we're going to step foot in a high school gym for a game this year because everything from here on out is going to be at Murphy Center for the state tournament. So uh, kind of tough to see basketball season go, but but also we're getting to the, kind of the best part of the season too, which I'm excited about. Oh, yeah, I cried myself to sleep. Uh, <laughs> couldn't Hardly could get up through all the tears. I uh, No, I'm just kidding. This is a grind this part of the season. Uh, it's always – it's the one of the funnest times of the year, but it's definitely one of the most exhausting. So it's fun too. So we're about to see some awesome action the next couple of weeks. So I'm excited. Yeah. I had my caffeine this morning and I don't think it did a darn thing. So we're, yeah. we're pushing through and we're, we're getting there, but uh, yeah, I'm excited about today's show. We, we're going to talk to Sumner County sports editor, Zach Womble, and we're going to preview the blue cross basketball championships. Almost said blue cross bowls there. It kind of rolls off the tongue, but we're going to preview those and, uh, give our thoughts on who we think might be some favorites and some dark horses to watch out for. But first, we are going to bring on bring in Zach, who joins us by phone. Zach, you, you doing all right this morning or this afternoon or whenever? It I is? Am, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm doing great. Just trying to avoid all these potholes on 24 as I make my way to the Murphy Center. So uh, a little bit bumpy ride, but doing all right. How are you boys doing? Doing pretty well. And it, so it Good, sounds man. like. You you did go by car, huh? Because last night you tweeted that due to the rise in gas prices and all the trips you're gonna have to make to Murphy Center, that you you were actually gonna walk. And I was I was kind of looking at the uh, the time, and I figured maybe you'd at least be to Antioch by now. But it sounds like cooler has prevailed, and you uh, took the truck, huh? Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm taking our good buddy Brett with us, and I thought, you know what? I could walk or take the bicycle, and I had just put on new pegs. On the, on the back wheels, but I thought, you know what, I, I don't think that's going to work out, so I just decided to put a little gas in the truck and, and, and head up 24 here. Well, that's not a bad uh, way to go about it. Um, never a bad idea to to hop in the hop in the truck over a bike, especially with the potholes, like you mentioned. That's They're terrible everywhere. Uh, what about, Zach, you were at Beach Ravenwood last night. Um, what were your takeaways from that game? I mean, is, is Beach playing well at the right time? And how how close was Ravenwood, did you think, to kind of breaking through possibly in that game? You know what, you know what, Tyler? They uh, they got down 12 with several minutes, or a couple minutes, I should, I should say, in the fourth quarter. And it, it looked like Beach was going to run away with it. But uh, time and time again, as you see, you see teams try to, to, try to stall and run clock. It just never works for them. And it didn't work for Beach last night. And Ravenwood initiated their half-court trap and, and was able to get several steals, several layups uh, at the rim and, you know, forcing Beach to kind of call some timeouts and, and regroup themselves. And it almost came back to bite them in the butt, uh, trying to stall and, and just, you know, run out the clock. And, you know, I, I don't get why teams do that. I think I think it's just more of a reason 
one of the two double inflation institute, a shot clock in high school basketball because you forget things like that. Because, I mean, it's just boring basketball watching them play hot potatoes, not the key. But, uh, yeah, Ravenwood, you know, like I said, they got down by 12, and it looked like that, that was all she wrote. But the Beast just tried to stall, and, and Ravenwood took full advantage of it with the pressure up top, was able to create a lot of steals, get some layups at the rim and stuff. And uh, they, they came really close to, to, you know, obviously completing the comeback. But, but unfortunately, for, for Raptor fans, they just weren't able to do that. Um, they had a chance late. They were down by three. They had just gotten a steal. And Andrew Page was actually called for an intentional foul on the fast break. Uh, coming down on the opponent's head. And so, you know, meaning that Ravenwood got two free throws and the ball with about 49 seconds left. Um, unfortunately for Ravenwood fans, they hit one and two. And then on the ensuing offensive possession, Beach just got to stop, uh, got the rebound and, and set the line and, and was able to connect with their free throws. Um, but as far as for Beach, you know, are they playing their best basketball of the season? I don't know if that's true. I think they actually played their best basketball of the season in, in November and December before Christmas break. And then district, and the district tournament hit, or excuse me, district season hit, and they just you know started winning little, uh, winning by as few as few as few as four games went along. They had a couple scares along the way, of course, the Gallatin and in the regular season, and then the district championship before eventually losing to Lebanon in the region final. And so, uh, I think they just made enough plays to win on the road last night. You know, that was that was my takeaway, which was, you know, they they are a good team. Don't get me wrong, I think good teams find a way to win those games. But I don't think they're playing their best basketball of the season. And unfortunately for Beach fans, they draw potentially the second-best team in the state in Bartlett in the first round. I think a lot of us may agree that Kane Ridge with Brandon Miller uh, would be the best team and probably would be the team to pick to win it all. Um, but you know what? They, they found a way to win, and I think that's the main takeaway. It's just uh, once again on the road, just finding a way to get it done and, and move on to the glass house. And, like Brett, like Brett was saying earlier, I, I think if Beach would not have made it and, and would have lost that game, it just would have been a heartbreaker because all season long, it, it's been Burrow or Bunch for this Beach team. And so I think that pressure kind of got to them a little bit late as the season wore on. Um, but you know what? Like I just said, they made enough plays late to, to move on and advance. And as the old cliche goes, you know, survive and advance, and that's exactly what they did last night. So Zach, you've gotten to see the beach teams play for several years now, and it's 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 a school that traditionally has strong basketball programs. But when you kind of go look at the, you know, the TWSBA history, they haven't been to state a whole lot. And I know it's very difficult to get to state in in the what was previously Class Three A and what's now Class Four A. But the girls are going for the first time since two thousand three, and the boys are going for the first time since two thousand ten. Uh, how did this all come together this season for for both programs to have such good years and to, and to still be playing here in March? You know what? Um, you know, it's the first time since 1990 that both teams have had advanced to the state tournament in the same year. Jeff Brown, Fourth Beach Boys head coach, actually played on that 1990 team. Um, but as far as to answer your question, you know, I think he's decent, um, especially for the Lady Bucks the second half of the season. I believe they won 16 of their last 18 since the turn of the new year, and, and they did so on the defensive end. I mean, I will, I will admit that, that their district – Maybe wasn't the toughest. Now I know they lost the district championship game to, to Gallatin, but, but you know, getting to you know to beat up on some of the teams that they were able to beat up on, I'm not sure that they had the toughest of competition. Um, and then, you know, they played Cookville really good. That's probably their best game that they had played all season up until their Hillsboro win in the next one around. But um, which Bree Ellis had kind of led them. She she played really good basketball, and, and Amy Kelly did a good job of, of hiding that. His story was 
Mitchell, you're a Sumner County guy from, from your high school days. You can you can detect this and remember this. You know, Richardson County has kind of been a thorn in Sumner County's side in a lot of sports, not just basketball. Whether that be soccer, whether that be tennis, I mean volleyball, you name it, Williamson County has kind of had their number. Um, but on the girls' side, you know, they were able to avoid Williamson County. They were able to go on the road and play Hillsboro. And I know they were having Hillsboro. I know they were having a great, great season. Um, if, if you missed on, on how they got there, you can check out Russell's story on MysteryPress.com. A really good story. But um, you know, defense was kind of the name of the game for the Lady Bucks. And, and, and couple that with a, a score like Bree Ellis, going to end up in Bree Harvin. University playing some of her best basketball of her career. Uh, that's kind of what got Beach to the Lady Bucks to this point. And for the Bucks, you know, they have have one of the best starting fives in the state. If you look at it top to bottom, Andrew Page, Christian Shaw, Eli Rice, Tyler Moore, Brady Brinkley. I mean, they can really score the basketball. On top of that, six, seven, and eight is, is as good as any in the state. You know, they always play great lockdown defense, uh, limiting teams probably about 50 50. Uh, throughout the season. Um, and then before Christmas, they were averaging about mid-70 offensively. So they were just putting the ball in the basket. Now, since the turn of the year, they, they've kind of scaled back a little bit. I'm trying to figure out, you know, why that is. Because they're only scored about mid-50s, maybe 60s if they're lucky. But again, defensively, that's always been there for them. And the you look at their loss to Lebanon, um, I don't remember off the, top of head, off the top of my head how many Lebanon scored, but I believe it was mid-50s. So, you know, if you're looking at that, that's still a good defensive performance. So I think if you're looking at both teams, defense is the name of the game. Defense is travel, game in and game out for them. Uh, but for the boys' side, you know, the reason they were out, able to have great success in the first half of the year is just their offensive explosion was there. They kind of sailed off in the second half, but defense was always there. So I think for both teams, you could honestly look at that side of the floor as being their, their biggest reason for their success. Zach, let's for a second kind of look beyond the beach boys and girls leading scorers or stars, if you will. You know, if you take their their go to players out of the equation on both those teams, who do you see as the X factor on those rosters as as we get to the state tournament here? Yeah, so uh, let's just start with the girls. Uh, I think Riley Long on the low block is it's an X factor big time because. You know, what she's able to do as far as just on the glass, getting offensive and defensive rebounds, I think you can't overlook. And uh, she's big, she's physical, she's about 6'2". Um, for a girl, that's, that's really big. And, and like I just mentioned, she's very physical on the low block. She will push you, she will shove you, she will pull at you. Um, she will do everything that she can to get an advantage on that low block. So I think if you're looking outside of a free Ellis, you're immediately going to get a number 22 late uh, The sister, of course, the Jackson Long, the side that the University of South Florida, the daughter of Kevin Long, who was the center for the Tennessee Titans, was a uh, standout at Florida State University. So, um, athletic greatness runs is in her blood, right? It runs through her veins. Um, so, I think she's one that you immediately have to look at the Lady Bucks. And on the on the boys' side, I think Andrew Page is, is the X factor. And I think he was the X factor last night. Now, I know he only scored eight points for the Bucks, but I mean, he was he's just a, a physical specimen. You know, he's going to continue his, his athletic career at Vanderbilt University playing tight end for the Commodores. And someone who I think can absolutely get a shot at Sunday just because of his build. I mean, he's 6'5", 6'6", 215, 220. There's no doubt in my mind that he can put on more muscle at the next level. Um, able to sky above the rim. He was blocking everything on the low block. And they, Ravenwood could not get anything at the rim because he was just protecting it with, with great force. And so, uh, 
think they're low post players is, is who you immediately have to turn your attention to just because of what they do. And if you want to look at anyone else, I'd say uh, if Kristen Dean or Ronnie Messer on the girls' side because they can shoot the three ball with, with great efficiency. And, and on the boys' side, I think uh, Tyler Moore, their point guard, you know, um, your point guard really carries you in postseason tournament basketball. And, you know, he last night was spectacular. Really struggled against Yarn Alexander, 11 and Blue Devils, region championship. But man, he picked it up big time. He picked it up big time, scoring 13 points last night for them at point guard position, including clutch free throws down the stretch, handling the ball, handling the pressure. I, I don't know if he had a turnover in that game, even during when Ravenwood was uh, excelling in their half court trap. So uh, I know Life University was there last night to recruit him. So uh, those are just a couple names that, that you look at as, as standouts for the club that they want to Zach, how about the Westmoreland girls? I know they're also in the state tournament. Um, they actually play on Tuesday uh, op- to open things up. That's another basketball kind of crazy town minutes away from Kentucky. Uh, Zach, so for those that aren't familiar with that school and that program, what can you tell us about them? A rich, a rich history in girls basketball. You know, I, I wasn't very all too familiar uh, prior to, to going up on Saturday. I got to be honest. I, I, that's the first time I've been to Westmoreland this year. Uh, not the first time I covered their program, but just the first time I had made the trip up there just because it's kind of, you know, as you mentioned, it's so close to Kentucky line. It's kind of out, you know, out of nowhere. And it's hard to justify covering them. They play like in Jackson County when I can go see two county teams play. But to answer your question, this is the ninth time that this program has punched their ticket to the big dance. Uh, Bobby Hopkins, the school's all-time winning this coach, led them to the five-state tournament. Jerry Abner, who just resigned from, from Green Hill, spent 20 years in West Poland taking them to three state tournaments. EJ Perry, their current coach, the standout basketball player for the boys program before graduating in twenty ten and just just a rich basketball history. I mean, they uh, you know, it's a small town and, and I make the comment that when I was there on Saturday, I had not been in a louder gymnasium all season and I had just left the Beast Weapon and Boys Reach quarterfinal game. I don't know if it was because the gymnasium is, is just much smaller or what, but I'm telling you guys, whenever someone would score, I could not hear myself think. And, you know, they had a pep rally about three hours prior to tip-off, and the parking lot was full. They were playing cornhole. They were grilling out, just having a good time. They had a 7 p.m. tip. The stands were full at 6 p.m. You know, people were in their seats ready to go. Um, so, you know, they're just carrying on a long history of really good basketball, girls basketball at Westmoreland. And this team, 29-3, has not lost December 3rd, when they lost at Clarksville Northwest. Clarksville Northwest, of course, playing in Class 4A. You know, their three losses actually came in a row. The Oakland, who was a state tournament qualifier. Loretto, who lost in the sectional round. And then, like I just mentioned, Clarksville Northwest. And they've won 25 straight. That's actually the longest streak in, in Westmoreland girls basketball since the turn of, turn of the millennium. So, this team is, is as good as they had in a long, long time. They're going to go play an outgo with team that, that really has kind of caught its stride as a plate. I know they're 23 and 12, 22 and 12, one of those two, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but they've kind of won some games late. So it's going to be a tough matchup, their first round game that, that I'm going to see, uh, right now on Tuesday as, as we, as we talk. Uh, but it's a game that I fully anticipate them giving themselves a great chance of winning. Um, now if they do advance, they're going to play, they, they would assume play a very tough opponent in Westview in the second round, who I believe is 29-2. Uh, Westview runs a, a potent 2-3 zone. And West 
Warren is not really a great three-point shooting team. Um, so that could be their Achilles heel in, in the final four. But nevertheless, I mean, just getting to this point, the final eight is something to be uh, to be happy about. You know, Elena Eckel, their star player, going to continue her basketball education at Anderson University, which is a Division II program in Anderson, South Carolina. But this is a firm that had offers from, you name it, in the state of Tennessee, whether that be Memphis University, or excuse me, University of Memphis, uh, ETSU, Lisco, Belmont, Tennessee Tech, I mean, you name it, and she had she had the interest, but, you know, she cited her, her religious beliefs as, as why she was so sold on that university. Plus, you know, their coach that recruited her, the first time uh, he actually went to, saw, went to see Elena play, she didn't play because she forgot her jersey at home. And so she sat the bench the entire game. But you know what? Um, he still stuck with her. He continued to recruit her her junior year. And that really stuck out to her and really just left an impression on her. And so, you know, um, I, as I cited in my story, she's super excited to continue her career at the next level. But first, you know, they've got the state championship to win. And that, of course, uh, starts today on Tuesday with their matchup at Alcola. So uh, a really good defensive-led team. Um, that will get up in your face and, and score nearly 60 points on an East Nashville team that was not giving up very many points uh, throughout the season. And you guys know that by covering them more than I did. But that East Nashville team, their defense was stingy. And, and Westmoreland was kind of able to, to do what they wanted to on the offensive end. And defensively, they just they forced 21 turnovers. It was just in their face all game long. Now, Zach, what was your impression of East Nashville? The You know, it's a a team we followed pretty closely and we thought I, I kind of had them as a lock maybe to get to that state tournament spot, but they might be a few years out. They might be a year out. What, what were your thoughts on that team? Um, even in a losing effort there. I, I was really impressed. I'm honest with you. I mean, I know, I know they scored 50, 56, double, or I know they gave up 56, but wow. Uh, defensively, they're super athletic. They're quick. They're long. Uh, they're in your face. They can score the basketball. Uh, you know, I, 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 I'll be honest with you. I, you know, their their players. I, I know Monty Walker was was probably their their best player. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I don't know which classification or which uh, what kind of grade she's in. So I don't know if she graduates or leaves. Uh, but nevertheless, I mean, they are a program that is one to keep an eye out for it, and one that was really impressive. Just like I said, in their defensive prowess, um, being able to to get to the rim few times, uh, they weren't able to get to the rim the way that they usually did all throughout the season because, as I mentioned, that West Point of the defense was just suffocating. I mean, they were just stymieing them every time they got the ball. But nevertheless, I mean, every time that, you know, East Nashville would get down by six, eight, ten points, they would make a run and make it a ball game and show why they deserve to be in that game. And so uh, I think if you're an East Nashville fan, you have to be excited with what Kyle Upton is doing uh, with that Lady Eagles program because I think – they will be a force to be reckoned with for years to come in class two at a certainly. Zach, I know you've got a game to get to, so we'll do super speed round with these last couple of questions here for you. But you kind of alluded to this earlier, but that class four A boys bracket has Beach and Cane Ridge on opposite sides. So, uh, what do you make of the chances of them potentially meeting for the state championship? And if they do, who would have the edge in your mind? Chances are, are, are kind of slim um, because of what I mentioned earlier. You know, I think I think Bartlett is probably your second favorite team uh, to, to move on. But you know what? They've got a chance. Beach is thirty-four and one for a reason. Uh, you know, they played they played the likes of 
beard in and, and, and Houston. And I know that Memphis Houston is not what they were last year, but nevertheless, when when you could beat a team like that by forty uh, in November, I think it's, it's eye popping. Um, but but I, I think when it's all said and done, and I've been saying this all season long, I think Brandon Miller's Cambridge team is the team to beat. And I know everybody wants to say there's there's more than just Brandon Miller. Uh, I believe Ryan Oliver is a really good player for them as well. But I just think when you've got a guy like that who is going to end up playing in the National Basketball Association, it's just hard to overlook. It, it's you just it's hard to ignore. Uh, but I, I think honestly, the best matchup in the first round might be Eleven and still. I mean, that game is going to be. I, you know, Beach I think plays at two fifteen, and that that Eleven and Clarksville game is the last game of the day at, at six p.m. I'm honestly thinking about sticking around and just just to watch that game because. I think J.J. Wheat versus Jared Hall is going to be worth the price of admission. Um, I, I said on, on Twitter last night, you know, I don't understand recruiting because I think J.J. Wheat is one of the most under-recruited players in the state of Tennessee. And I, I know he's 5'8", five, 5'9", five, and, and basketball coaches, they, they get caught up in the height uh, of, of things. But here's the thing. He puts the ball in the basket. From all I've ever heard from Brady Mack, our culture reporter, he's an incredible teammate. Um, he gets his guys involved. You know, he's just a well-rounded basketball player, and he's a winner at the end of the day. And and why Austin T will not give him the time of day, I have no idea. But they are they are definitely missing out. I think on a, on a homegrown product. But uh, just to kind of you know answer your question, I think I think Clarksville Lebanon is the best game of, of the first of the first games. Uh, but I do anticipate Bartlett versus Kane Ridge uh, for that championship, and I think Kane Ridge ultimately brings it home. Hey, Zach, thanks so much, man. Enjoy your game today, okay? Be safe getting home. All right, guys. Hey, thanks for the time. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Zach Womble, he does an awesome job uh, covering the Sumner County teams. Russell, a place you're very familiar with, uh, both perf- uh, personally and professionally. Uh, we'll see how all that shakes out this week. Um, Russell, let's take a look at these state tournament brackets, man. Let's do uh, it. We wait, all, we wait all year for them to come out, uh, and we've got them. Um, tournament girls tournament's already underway, but we're gonna we're gonna pick some favorites each and some dark horses each, and uh, and, and we'll we'll see how it pans out. Y'all can um, give us a hard time next week uh, when and if or probably when we're wrong. Uh, let's start with one. A, uh, let's start with one A Russell uh, on the girls side. What do you see? Who, who's the favorite? Who's the dark horse? Uh, well. I've got McKenzie as the favorite and Wayne County as the dark horse. And, you know, quite honestly, that is a sh- it is a shot in the dark there. So we'll, we admittedly just don't know as much about uh, the teams that are not in Middle Tennessee. So when, when a Middle Tennessee team isn't necessarily a favorite, we're, uh, we're do, we do the best we can, but that's just on paper. That's to me what it looks like there. We don't intersect with a whole lot of class A teams in our, where we're located. Uh, so, yeah, I kind of went with you. I got McKenzie as the favorite. I got Wayne County as the dark horse. Records looked good. Everything matched up to me. Um, let's move to 2A. Uh, personally, Westview, I thought the win over Loretto was, I think, getting to play a, t- a team in Loretto that was kind of a maybe a state tournament favorite to get there. That's a really good test. I think everything else is going to look a lot easier from here on out for Westview, which only has two losses, so. That's who I like to win it. And I think Westmoreland's a dark horse. I think for a lot of the reasons that Zach said, really good defensively. I was impressed with East Nashville all season. I still think they beat a state tournament team to get to the state tournament. So I like Westmoreland as your dark horse. I'm with you on the favorite being Westview. Um, to knock off Carly Weathers and, and the Lady Mustangs before they even got to the state tournament was, was really impressive. And 
Uh, my dark, dark horse is going to be uh, York Institute, actually. Um, the Upper Cumberland teams are well represented this week, and uh, mm-hmm. you know those those Beatty sisters are, are playing really well. So I think if there's anybody that has a chance, maybe outside of Westmoreland, of, of beating Westview, um, I'm going to go with York. Okay. 3A, uh, I like Upperman as the favorite. Uh, that's a group that got a three-game losing streak out of the way right in the middle of the season and hasn't lost since. I love that trajectory for a potential champion to go through struggles in the midseason and then play well late. I have Paige as my dark horse for the exact opposite reason. I, reason I think they potentially peaked a little early and then has, you know, uh, Lady Patriots have two postseason losses to this point. I don't think that's the trajectory you necessarily want, but still love Paige as a team. I think that's a team that could win it. Yeah, it's been a little bit of a struggle for Paige. Um, they've they've had to drive all over the place, though. They've they've driven to the Cookville area at least once or twice. They've mm-hmm. played their district and region tournaments at Tullahoma. So going to Murfreesboro is going to be <laughs> quite a bit of a shorter drive for them. So maybe that'll and they're familiar with it too, having played there last year. So that could help. But yeah, for I've sure. got Upperman as the favorite as well. Paige is the dark horse. Those two teams met, um, I believe, last week, and Upperman won fifty to forty seven. So. Um, each of them has a missed basketball finalist. There's not a whole lot separating them, but um, just like you said, with the way Paige has been trending, I think Upperman has the edge right now. Yeah, and uh, in 4A, this is one we've got. We've got quite a few teams from our area in here, Russell, but uh, I don't think one's going to win it. I think Bearden is your favorite. That's a group that has, I believe, one in-state loss, and it was a two-point loss to Ensworth, which... Uh, we believe is the best team in the state as we've ranked them in the Fab 15. Uh, Bearden looks really good. Uh, it's going to be tough for Blackman to win that game in the quarterfinals. We'll see how that goes. But I've got Blackman as the dark horse, so I guess whoever wins that game, I guess, is my new favorite. So I made it easy on myself. Yeah, <laughs> you kind of ride both sides there. Um, I- I've actually got Blackman as the favorite, and that might be a homer pick, if I'm being honest. But, um, you know, they've got Purdue commitment Emily Munson. They've kind of weathered. Uh, they weathered a, a postseason loss uh, to to Oakland, and they're still here. Um, so, who knows? I mean, basically in their home court there, maybe they can maybe maybe they can pull it off against Bearden. And then, you know, one other team to watch as well is Cookville. I believe they still only have one loss all season, and um, have have really, you know, beaten their opponents, most of their opponents, by quite a bit. So, I think that's another team that could be in the mix there, along with Bearden and Blackman. Yeah, that Cookville loss by one point to Green Hill it puzzles me even today. Uh, 29-28. Don't <laughs> see a, a powerful favorite just uh, turn that kind of performance in very much, but uh, been that kind of a crazy playoffs. Okay, uh, let's move to the Boys State Tournament, which gets underway uh, next week, of course. We've got some time to sort of think about this, but here's here's what we've got. In Class 1A, I like Clay County as the favorite. Bulldogs have played great in the postseason. Uh, those results have been really impressive. Grant Strong, his his production has been impressive. Uh, he he could be just setting the stage for one of those memorable big runs, you know, through the state tournament. Uh, for the dark horse, I went. I got a little risky. I put East Robertson. I think maybe a team of destiny type thing is, is happening here. Uh, I love what they've done since the Chris, since Christmas break. Uh, they've played so well. The Groves brothers uh, are are really good and of course their family has a deep history in that program so sometimes you just that magic kind of works out for for teams uh so i've got i've got kind of an underdog as my dark horse in east robertson yeah i don't think that's a bad pick there with east robertson you know i got to cover that clay county east robertson region final last week and i think the score line the final score might have been a little bit misleading 
Um, there was a stretch in the third quarter, I believe, where things really just came apart for East Robertson. They were called for um, a couple of technical fouls. I think it ended up with three technical fouls for the game. Of course, that was three points for Grant Strong, who's a, a tremendous free throw shooter. And, um, you know, the final score wasn't necessarily indicative of how close that game could have been if Taylor Groves had not gotten in foul trouble and East Robertson hadn't lost their heads there in the third. But I've got Clay County as my favorite. I've got East Robertson is maybe a dark horse on the on the edge, but I've also got uh, uh, Memphis Academy of Health Sciences as the dark horse. They were actually the runner-up last year to Clay County. Um, they still have Cameron Miller, really great basketball player, who is actually signed to Tennessee to play football. And last I checked, that school was actually going to be closing at the end of the school year. So this is kind of their last run. Last chance. Um, last chance. Yeah, yep. don't leave your stuff in your locker because that's uh, going to be closed, apparently. Uh, class 2A, hey, how about my favorite and my dark horse? I like East Nashville as the favorite. I like East Nashville as the dark horse. <laughs> I know that's not really what we were the game we were playing, but, uh, yeah, I believe that strongly in that team. I mean, I just don't see anybody in this field that's going to be able to match up with – what the Eagles do. Jalen Jones, uh, Mr. Basketball finalist, Jared Taylor, uh, Gerard Taylor. That's just, uh, man, that's a stacked group. And it goes beyond those two. I mean, it's just a team that plays well together and super athletic and just just very sound in general. So I kind of cheated there. You did, but I can't blame you at all because I was on Monday night, got to cover that East Nashville sectional where they just took Jackson County basically to the woodshed. Um, Kind of Jalen Jones did that single-handedly in the, in the second quarter with five three-pointers and finished with 26. And honestly, Tyler, I think even if they only had Jalen Jones or Jared Taylor, they could probably win this tournament. So if they have both, they're both playing well, not in foul trouble. I I, I like them to roll and, and get that state championship. Um, one other team to, to keep an eye on though is York Institute. Same thing as the girls; they've had a really good season and um, they are kind of in the mix as well. So we'll we'll see if they can put up any kind of fight against East Nashville if they end up matching up at some point yeah york institute that's a good win over pearl cone i kind of thought pearl cone was going to win that game last night uh that's a good sectional win to get in um class 3a man our area mid-state kind of got shut out here uh i've got the favorite so i haven't seen a whole lot of these teams i'm, I'm going with jackson south side as the favorite and i'm going jackson north side for the dark horse jackson's getting a title no matter what yeah that. I'm sure uh, if somebody from Jackson listens to this, they're they're going to be thrilled. But yeah, I've got Jackson Southside as the favorite as well, and Greenville as the dark horse. Um, I know Greenville. All these teams are kind of getting mixed up at this point, but Greenville was definitely in the state tournament last year, and uh, they were right there in the Associated Press rankings all year with Jackson Southside. So those are my two. In Class 4, man, this is, a big, this is going to be a big one in Nashville. A lot of people are going to be watching to see what Cane Ridge does. Uh, I've got Cane Ridge as the favorite. I think they deserve it. I think most people believe they deserve that title. I, I mean, they don't deserve the championship. I mean, they deserve the uh, title as the favorite. Is It's what I, I should clarify that. Um, but I think at this point, they stand head and shoulders above everybody in, in 4A. They just have to go prove it. Uh, and, of course, they're going to start right off with my dark horse, Bearden in the quarterfinals, so uh, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting game. They've, Bearden's got some great players too, so I think they you know win that game and just got to play your basketball the rest of the way. And uh, and Kane Ridge is going to make some history as the first team since I believe 1981 for Metro Nashville Public Schools to win the large school uh, public title. That'd be awesome if they could pull it off, and definitely going to be a tough road. Uh, that Class 4A boys bracket is stacked. You know, Zach mentioned Lebanon, Clarksville, um, you know, Bearden, K 
Hurricane Ridge. And, you know, Zach seemed kind of down on beach, though. Um, and it's it's hard to say that about a 34-1 and team. I know they have racked up some wins maybe against some some teams that aren't quite the state tournament qual- uh, caliber. But, uh, you know, if Cane Ridge is my favorite, I think I, I like Beach as a potential dark horse. Um, they've got that track to where they could see, you know, they're on opposite sides of the bracket from Cane Ridge. So you never know. Crazier things have happened, and um, maybe we'll get an all-mid-state final there. Yeah, I... I think that this is maybe a more loaded field than we're giving it some credit for. I think Canridge, Bearden, and Bartlett are all really good. We didn't even mention Bartlett, which I think is probably another dark horse. And, you know, Beach at 34-1, and one, I saw them in the middle of the year, and I haven't seen a whole lot of teams that can roll out that many shooters and big bodies at opponents. Uh, you know, Zach kind of covers them almost like a true beat because he's he's right there. He's able to go to a lot of their games. Uh he probably has uh, well, he covers them with a fine tooth comb. We'll say that, you know, he notices yes. the imperfections <laughs> very well because he sees them so much, but that's a physically and the way they can shoot beach is equipped to go make a state title run. It's just, I think this is a loaded field and maybe we're not talking about that enough. It's a, you know, we kind of peg Kane Ridge as the favorite, but there's some good teams out there. So we'll see what happens. Russell should be fun. Definitely. Yep. And, uh, yeah, Zach might be dealing with some, like in the NFL draft, they kind of say there's some prospect fatigue sometimes. You, you you analyze the quarterbacks for five months and you eventually start finding everything wrong with them. But mm-hmm. um, definitely right. going to be a fun time at the state tournaments both this week and next week. And, uh, you know, you can find all of the coverage um, from from all the mid-state teams right there at MainStreetPreps.com. And we, we hope you check it out. But otherwise, we will see you next time on Main Street Preps this week. You've been listening to Main Street Preps this week with Russell Venosi and Tyler Palmatier. Follow Tyler on Twitter at tpalmatier83, Russell at RussellV underscore MSP, and always at MainStreetPreps.com and also at MainStreetPreps on Twitter. Main Street Preps this week is a Main Street Media production.